My name is Shrirag and you're listening to Project Passion Dispatches from Under Quarantine. Welcome to episode 2 A Coach Under Quarantine. Now, before we jump into the interview which I promise is going to be fantastic, I want to take a moment and thank everyone who's actually listen to the podcast uh, the at least episode 1 um in the span of a week i got almost uh, 50 listens i genuinely was not expecting that and uh, i'm seeing it show up on one platform after another i have to tell you um as a person who listens to a lot of podcasts myself to have uh, my name show up there is is an indescribable feeling i should say <laughs> now before we actually move again on to the interview i thought we could also talk a little bit about what i've been up to during quarantine so recently i made a friend uh, on uh, instagram and we were talking and we ended up deciding to read this tiny little book called anna karenina together so if you don't know anna karenina it's actually not that tiny it's around an 800 page book 806 if i'm being specific about this particular translation <laughs> and um it's written by this uh, you know somewhat famous um, budding writer called uh, leo tolstoy in the uh, <laughs> 1800s what i've discovered about um, reading a book with uh, another person is that it's an extremely fulfilling experience so If you're a reader you'll know that there's there's plenty of moments in a book it's like when you're watching a movie where something happens and you you desperately want to talk to somebody about it but it's very rarely that you'd find somebody who's uh, reading a book at the same exact pace or you know who's experiencing the same exact uh, situation that you are but especially with this one friend that I've made I have gotten to experience it again and again over the last uh, few days and it's been it's been fantastic. Okay then, on to the main event. So I've always been a bit of a skeptic when it comes to coaching, whether it's life coaching or career coaching. But I have to say, the conversation that I have with Wafak has some more changed my mind i think we're looking at some extremely uncertain times ahead and in those times there's going to be a lot of people including myself who will be looking for guidance will be looking for some sort of help i should say and if coaching is one of the ways in which you can get that help then i think it's worth uh, you know at least a cursory glance Now before I actually jump into the interview I want to remind you that I'm on the lookout for guests if you have suggestions or would like to appear yourself or even just send in a message please reach out to me on Instagram the handle is in the show notes Now without further ado the interview with the fuck Hello. Hi, Wafak. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Hanging in there. How's the quarantine treating you? And everything is okay. As good as it can be, honestly, day by day. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably the best uh, that we can do. So, uh, okay, let's start with you. So, what is your background like? Where are you from? You know, what's your day job? Okay, so um, I came here from uh, my hometown, Yemen, where I was born and raised. So I came to the UAE after I graduated high school. I did my bachelor's here. And like one thing led to another and the UAE became my second home. So <laughs> I've been here ever since. I majored in human resources management as my bachelor's and then I started working straight after graduation and it was it was a job in a procurement company so mm-hmm. um, I think 10 months after that I got an opportunity to become a recruiter and that's how I met you because you were there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for the for the listeners who don't know um, which I'm hoping there are a lot of them that don't that don't know this <laughs> Uh, me and Ufak work at the same company. Yes, we do. So, four years later, I am now doing... So, no, yes. no nepotism there whatsoever, by the way. No no nepotism at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. So, now I'm doing more uh, HR functions like learning and development and culture management. I'm very passionate about also continuous learning. So, I did my CIPD not too long ago and so what's uh, CIPD so it is Chartered Institute of Personnel Development it's like this British degree degree for HR uh, professionals so it's like a professional yeah I feel like they have a chartered institute for for pretty much everything in the UK (laughs) so uh, yeah I really love what I do though especially in um, like right now where I'm doing stuff in training and development I'm really loving that it's an amazing field but yeah that's my day job so before we jump to your uh, actual passion you mentioned that you were a recruiter before how was that mm-hmm. like honestly I enjoyed every bit of it I am um, I learned so so much and it was it was very it was a very exciting um, experience so meeting all these new people and um, like facing many challenges and I'm sure you would know that like starting small and then scaling up um, that taught me a lot as a recruiter and yeah being a recruiter is actually quite awesome. (laughs) So why did you stop? Um, I I didn't stop (laughs) so what (laughs) happened is my path kind of drew me in two more HR functions. So like I told you, when we started small, started scaling up, there was, and it was it was very organic and it was very, um, let's say it was like this growth path and I really enjoyed that. So once we started hiring more and more people, um, there were evident needs in, in other things in the function. And um, those are the things that I was very eager to try, you know, like to prove myself in the whole HR world. So it was a very organic growth into something else. But uh, yeah, being a recruiter was a very, very nice uh, experience. And I would say it was an awesome start as well. That's great. So your uh, passion currently is what maybe tell people? 
Yeah, so I am currently a certified life coach and I'm very, very passionate about the field of coaching and developing people that way. So what is coaching and um, how is that different from like, I don't know, therapy or like a psychologist, what a psychologist would do? I always love being asked that question. <laughs> so <laughs> um, coaching is basically, it's a development process um, that allows your client or the client to build their capabilities and their um, skills, their beliefs and everything so that they achieve their goals um, put in a short, let's say, um, summary. And the coach actually partners with the client. So when I say partner, I mean it's like a 50-50% partnership that is equal in authority, which I think is a wonderful, um, let's say, process. And towards, like they, those, those two uh, people partner towards achieving the client's goals. So um, what I love also mostly about coaching is that the coach comes in with an assumption that the client is a resourceful individual and they have all the answers within. So this is something else I really um, enjoy. And then uh, the process itself of coaching is, is this creative, thought-provoking process. And it's based on many, many skills like powerful questioning, um, like uh, building trust, building intimacy with the client, uh, facilitating the client's learning and results. So this is, in short, what coaching really is. Um, and put simply, again, what makes coaching very different from therapy is that it's built on the concept of positive psychology. And what that means is your coach is more likely to ask you what is right with you rather than asking what is wrong. And of course, there are differences in um, how those two professionals are certified and the expected outcomes and the process of coaching versus therapy, let's say. And instead of curing a diagnosed condition, um, as a therapist would traditionally do, what, what a coaching or what a coaching uh, process um, yields is basically building uh, more, let's say, resilience, building your self-awareness, um, identifying the client's goals and obstacles. And it also uh, clears any limiting beliefs or blocks that the client may have or that uh, may hold the client back from achieving what is desired or what the client really wants. So um, that's that's like what you would expect from both things. And Coaches also during the process of coaching, um, they reshift your focus or the client's focus towards a future that is um, or that the client really wants to have. And therapists mm. usually focus on, let's say, healing from past events or um, mm. coping with current conditions. And your coach would be basically emphasizing on the client's accountability rather than uh, coping with conditions so it's it's more action oriented than therapy and um, um, I would say that coaches are also um, ethically not basically allowed to treat conditions or you know prescribe any 
medicines or and all of that and i'm sure it's legally true but then <laughs> <where>? <laughs> yeah i remember i remember i think once you were telling me about yeah. how uh, if you do end up uh, if if somebody does end up telling you about a particular psychological yeah. condition you have to automatically call uh, i don't know some help yes or you would also like advise that client that they would require um like a like a, a different sort of yeah, help yeah a different then, yeah. sort of help and also declaring to them honestly and you know like transparently that i don't deal with uh, mental illnesses or any conditions and i don't diagnose you um that is not the purpose of the relationship and then i think that um i i have to say i've dealt with this only once and the outcomes were still amazing we were still able to continue um me and that client and mm-hmm. at the same time the client really sought out other options and was considering uh you know like contacting a therapist and then uh dealing with those um those other agendas over there so you know how there's a uh, attorney client privilege is there like a mm-hmm. a coach client privilege as well um yeah there's like an agreement so one of the first things they teach you when you become a life coach is how to um create an agreement with the client so mm. part of your skills as a coach uh, to develop trust to develop intimacy and to develop uh, credibility is uh your agreement so how you draft that agreement and how you um like um abide by those codes of ethics so it depends on on which like accreditation uh you follow but i would say yeah it's it's a common thing for all coaches uh i also want to ask about uh, one of the things that you mentioned earlier so mm-hmm. i think you called it powerful questioning what's yes. that So um, how is that different from like regular questioning let's say Love that question as well uh, <laughs> So okay so basically like I said so it's a creative process right So mm-hmm. part of uh, the coach's creativity is to use that skill of powerful questioning to first of all um redirect the client's attention that's number 1 raise the client's awareness that's number 2 um let's say emphasize on creating actions creating plans and also to really understand like part of creating awareness is really understanding what the client wants and many uh, or many of the characteristics of a powerful question um really show you maybe maybe a, give us an example of what yeah. a powerful question is for sure and this is this is a skill by the way not just limited to uh, like a life coach or a coach in general uh, powerful mm-hmm. questioning i would say is something we should all learn about because um i mean humans are you know questioning being beings so you mm-hmm. ask like a thousand questions a day if not verbally in your head <laughs> so yeah uh, in in my case it's like at least a million yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep so what uh, makes a question powerful is First of all, um it is an open-ended question. So you will not ask a client for example, "Oh, so did you really uh find your purpose?" Client will be like, "Uh no." And then that's the end of the conversation. So so it's not it's not a gotcha question. Yes, and it's not, you know, like a conversation killer. 
<laughs> yeah, the answer would be that no. <laughs> yep, and then خلاص that's it. So yeah, to to like a coach would usually avoid those kinds of questions unless there's a follow up question that you want to reach, and mm-hmm. one of the very very important. characteristics is also to avoid leading questions so i wouldn't tell you you didn't find your purpose did you you know <laughs> that's <laughs> so, that also sounds like an accusation <laughs> exactly so i'm leaving you've you you've spent three years on this now <laughs> exactly so i'm leaving you straight where i want you to go and part of um a big big part of what coaches do is non-judgment so leading questions first of all they are coming from an assumption of judgment that you know like i already know you're a quitter so i'm going to be like oh you didn't finish that did you <laughs> so that's a very important characteristic and no, i'm just i'm just imagining that happening <laughs> inside my head like you're just a quitter <laughs> <laughs> right no but i wouldn't say that out loud to no no of course not yeah. right you but then your question says everything yes but then your question would be like implying that oh i know that client's a quitter i know she's going to stop trying after day 2 so it's a very it's a very um let's say tricky thing to practice but it it's beneficial in in all aspects of life so that's another thing and also um coaches tend to avoid the why question because it gets people a bit defensive so let's say a client comes to you and is like Oh you know like I'm feeling pretty frustrated today because I didn't do what I planned to do. You'd be like why? Why didn't you do it? <laughs> like <laughs> the outcome would be, you know, either excuses or you know like finding reasons why I'm not good enough, capable enough, why I'm not sticking to my word. And that is just not what a coach wants you to reach. So instead powerful questions would be like okay so um what was the cause of that or tell me more about that or tell me more about your day and then you would notice how the flow of the conversation would change like tremendously um so yeah these are a few characteristics that i always like to mention <laughs> so what got you interested in uh, coaching um in the first place Well, I I've always been passionate about continuous learning and I was also very um fascinated and I was always interested with psychology. I didn't get to specialize in it though, but I felt like my path automatically was pulling me back to this uh passion. It was like some sort of magnet. So, um I came across coaching actually as I was like creating plans for my future studies and career and all of that. So as soon as I did more research about coaching, I immediately decided to become a certified life coach. Um I was always reading and being influenced by life coaches and I really wanted to have that impact on other people and I could imagine myself doing this in the long run. So yeah, I loved it. uh being a certified coach is that uh, the CIPD thing that you mentioned sorry the uh, CIPD thing that you mentioned is that uh, what being a life coach is uh, i mean the certified life coach no 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 so basically uh, CIPD is basically into human uh, resources management 
um, it was okay. not related to coaching. It was like a professional development course. Um, my uh, coaching certificate was like in the practice of coaching itself. And then I also did a niche course in career coaching, uh, which I really loved. And it was kind of, you know, in alignment with my background in HR and recruitment as well. Mm. Okay, let's let's talk about uh, the quarantine, which is the big uh, subject that I guess we're all uh, talking about right today. Um, how has that uh, affected uh, coaching? So are you still, uh, you know, practicing as a coach or have you, you know, sort of had to stop because of it? Mm-hmm. I would say it had a positive effect on, um, like me, like personally, quarantine gave me the gift of time. <laughs> Mm. between like my full-time job and other aspects of my life I was not giving coaching my full full attention so now I'm being way more intentional about it and way more proactive about it like for example I started an Instagram page a very long time ago because I really wanted to have or add more value into people's life and do you want to just uh, name drop your Instagram page right now of course so it's inspower <laughs> coaching which is the name i chose uh for my coaching practice um mm-hmm. so yeah i i am giving that a lot more time um i am actually focusing my attention on um reading a lot more on like for example uh for life coaches as well as topics that are coming up often in um like in the field i'm also seeing clients online on zoom i'm also being coached by my mentor coach as part of my uh, certification to like hone my coaching skills so i would say it had a positive effect on um like the way i'm coaching as well as the number of people i'm in touch with at the moment it also like strengthened many communities i don't know if you would agree um like for example the coaching community um is very engaging at the moment and so many coaches are doing so many wonderful things like free seminars like um things that would help people cope with stress uh, of this difficult time and build more resilience i think that's wonderful and it's also getting more people to really pay attention to coaching and see its benefits and see how many ways a life coach can support and help a person's well-being rather than just uh, or not just limited by a one-on-one session you know Hmm. i think i think you're right um i at least i don't know about like communities in terms of uh oh whichever communities that i'm part Mm -hmm. of but I've definitely uh, noticed because um, I think I think what what quarantine does a lot is it sort of it sort of makes the world much smaller. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and because of it, so I, I I had a bunch of friends, for example, who I hadn't spoken to for. Oh, well, I mean, I'd speak to them like on through chat and everything, mm-hmm. but now we're doing a call almost every week. Yes. Um, and I, those are some of the, of course, positive effects uh, that uh, that quarantine has had. And and, and uh, yes, you're right. I've also noticed. Uh, a lot of people are putting out resources out there with like um, uh, talking about mental health. And yeah. because I think especially in this moment, um, us taking care of our mental health is, is very important. It's, it's, it's very easy to slip away um, if we're not uh, conscious. Definitely. Definitely. 
So I think you mentioned that you were seeing clients as well as your mentor through Zoom. So mm-hmm. uh, can you talk about maybe uh, some of the uh, specific challenges that you're facing um, through the process? So I know, for example, so as uh, might be interested to know that I'm also sort of going through a bit of coaching myself mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, my my very dear company has set up very nicely mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> um and uh, yeah one of the things which i had noticed initially so i only i only got one session with the coach uh, on a mm-hmm. physical premise but most of my sessions have been through uh, zoom yeah um and it's a it's a completely different experience at least from mine so maybe you can maybe you can talk about that as well yeah so one of the so one of the opportunities is like the convenience of zoom but mm-hmm. then um in my opinion one of the major challenges of not or being exclusively on zoom at the moment is that um the coach loses an important um let's say aspect of building that intimacy and trust with the client uh like i told you it's a 50/50 um relationship so um building intimacy really building that relationship and also um for example in the beginning when you're choosing a life coach you need to know that the chemistry is right uh you need to know that this is a person i'm comfortable opening up to this is a person that um is supporting me listening to me so i would say that's quite challenging over zoom because you know that most of human communication is really nonverbal so um no matter how you know vividly you can see me on camera you're losing a lot of uh, that communication so i would say that's a challenge um indeed and i would say another challenge for life coaches um specifically in this region is people's awareness about coaching mm-hmm. um so like the collective awareness is something that um I'm sure it can be a lot higher especially because this is a new field relatively and people are not quite open up to it so coaches find it difficult to like get buy in from from people usually um especially in niches like wellness coaching financial coaching group coaching and so many other uh, specialties or um like niche uh, coaching uh, specialties that are pretty amazing as well do you think that's a, a cultural thing or um um i would say um see the culture is not um the determining factor it's one of the factors but then mm. um i would say it's just a matter of awareness and it's just a matter of um people always uh comparing it to how therapy would work or how something else would work and they're just not familiar with what coaching can really do for me and um like what are the benefits that I can get from a coach yeah that that does make sense i guess uh, and how do you think um we could go about creating that uh, awareness um so basically a lot of the coaching communities are now um trying to host more events um even in times of quarantine they're like hosting online events online seminars and all of that um i would just say that for whoever seeks that awareness they can easily find it but um 
the thing is people need to uh, demystify the concept a lot more so not just as a community of coaches but individual coaches as well like talk about it in your circles post about it on your social media and um, I would say that companies are like now being more open to like leadership coaching executive coaching which is a good thing for example some people hear about the concept through their companies and they see the benefits that like me it has uh, like you and like so many others <laughs> that I met in in my other like coaching courses uh, for example when I meet executive coaches I think the work that they do is amazing and it's like some companies um, get coaches to work with for example sometimes their entire team um, so it's it's getting out there and I think it's a it's a shared responsibility between like coaches um, as individuals and as communities to really demystify it a bit more and um, like uh, just speak about it in general get the concept out there uh, maybe posting demonstrations and things like that would be something that is needed at the moment okay so uh, usually I like to end the podcast with a couple of questions so the first question is uh, who are some of your heroes in coaching Oh, that's a really nice question. So um, I've attended not very long ago the Tony Robbins event here in the UAE in Dubai. And um, it was so inspiring that right now one of my goals is to attend one of his prolonged events. Um, that was an amazing day. And I also have read some of what's his a, books. What's a prolonged event? Like it's like a four, you know, four or five day event of self-development, you working on yourself. And what he does in those events is he has. So it's a very big crowd. Yeah. To be just um, working with one coach. So he has a team of coaching and then he divides the room into groups, um, each one handled by a coach that does work with that group on a deeper level. So it's like think of it as a, you know, self-development retreat. Mm-hmm. um that was quite amazing and uh yeah so he's he's he was one of the reasons I really wanted to um, become a life coach and um there's uh Brendan Bouchard uh there's Gary V who's doing it in a very let's say um you know like counterintuitive way but what he's doing is quite amazing as well oh, I never um, thought of so Gary V as a as a as a life coach yeah Yes. So uh, these days he's like doing these short live coaching sessions with clients on his Instagram page where he's usually more into he's business driven. um, So he's like focusing on that aspect. He also um, like he's a social media guru and so many things. But one of the things is that he's a really amazing um, life coach. And the way he does it is is like. Um, so untraditional but it also um, it it follows like the same you know end result of what a coach would do so Mm. yeah okay so my last question would be what is your message to people who are uh, under quarantine right now okay so I would say that in order to make this work for us rather than against us the first thing that we need to do is always being compassionate towards ourselves 
So whatever we are experiencing, um, just really developing a much higher self-awareness towards our emotions and treating them like action signals rather than, you know, avoiding them um, or shutting them down or just trying to write them off as invalid uh, just because, you know, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel like I'm like locked in my house. Um, so there's a technique that I really like, and it follows the acronym RULER, which starts with the term recognizing, and then understanding, labeling, expressing, then regulating any emotion. That really gives us space to take a more powerful, let's say, stand towards whatever we're, we're facing, and then being more poised about it, calm about it, um, and then really dealing with it with a lot of self-kindness because we're going through a lot emotionally these days. And the uh, last thing I wanted to say is about staying connected. Um, it really makes a positive impact. So we're all having this collective experience. We're all living the same circumstances. And that sense of connectedness is really important. So if you're not part of a community, do connect with more people. It's so effortless right now to really, you know, genuinely create a connection with someone. Um, and it creates so much safety, so much, um, you know, these these calm feelings when you, you don't feel, you know, really isolated um, in the midst of all of this. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to um, mention. So that was Wafak. I think I have two major takeaways from that conversation. The first is about the importance of continued education. Now, it was through continued education that Wafak actually discovered her true passion. And I think that's one of the best things about making sure that you, you know, keep brushing up your skills and just keep constantly learning new things. It not only prepares you for an ever-changing world, which is, I think, something that is extremely important to do right now in this extreme level of uncertainty which we are facing at the moment, but it also helps you do a sort of trial and error method by, by giving you so many options about what you could possibly be passionate about. So try and pick something which you would probably not have picked if it wasn't for quarantine i don't know learn how to code or learn how to do photoshop something and try your hand at it this week let me know how it goes i think the second biggest takeaway is about the importance of community during these uncertain times i think quarantine has been great at making the world a lot smaller i think i read it on some Instagram handle the other day about how 8,000 kilometers and 8 kilometers, what really is the difference anymore? And I think we have to recognize that we've been presented with a, a unique opportunity to actually create communities online and to explore a lot of our passions, which we normally might not have the time to explore or might just not have the interest to explore. You never know. You might find 
a tribe or something that you genuinely love now before you go if you like this episode and this podcast in general hit that subscribe button on whatever platform that you're listening to leave a review it does really help and send this to a friend somebody who is maybe looking for direction or maybe is considering life coaching themselves and finally here's a story from quarantine was i really productive during this quarantine i actually don't know how to answer this question but i would like to say that even if you were productive or if you weren't productive that's okay um personally i feel like i was somehow productive in the beginning and then it slowly um went down like my productivity went down i felt like it started off with uh so many positive energy i felt like social media played a very very big role in that where i felt like i was actually in a competition and i was supposed to keep up with everything that is going on in terms of cooking in terms of fitness um in terms of uh, trying to start my own thing on uh, TikTok and on Instagram um i just wanted to point out that i was i always wanted to uh, do something in terms of show everyone my creativity when it comes to makeup and hair um i want to um teach people on how to love themselves obviously with uh, whatever you have um that is something that i always wanted to do especially when it comes to hair because a lot of people who have curly hair suffer and don't know how to deal with it especially girls young girls and one of the reasons why i wanted to like start something on tiktok is because um it's a very quick easy platform that allows you to deliver a message in 15 seconds um i did my first video um uh, i got really good uh, feedback on it and then i was like okay that's great then next week let me just do another video but then i just felt like is it really the right time to do such a tutorial right now or is it really the time to put all of the energy and work hard that is a good question for some people it worked with them um and it was much better for them to do uh, whatever they love and whatever they want to do which is great uh but for me i felt like it it can be a great time to start something but i felt like it's really not a competition and i don't want to start in something uh or start with something that um i won't be very consistent in so i started with one video that's a good start but let's just see how things roll out later um, um and when it comes to fitness um i was always very insecure about my body i am or people claim and say that i am skinny and yes i have been underweight for a while and uh, i started following a lot of fitness instructors and yoga instructors and actually it helped a bit i am a bit more active now i have actually gained weight in this quarantine because i worked a bit more on my fitness level i was working out um i did the squat challenge with some of my colleagues and it actually worked for uh, myself it was beneficial i felt like 
at some point in my life, I do need to be challenged in terms of uh, being a bit productive. That might not be the case with everyone. And I don't want it to be the case. Like, I don't want it to be like, um, uh, like an idea that everyone should follow. But if this is something that makes you achieve a bit more than what you actually do, then so let it be. And yeah, I guess that's it. Um, at the end of the day, uh, life shouldn't be um, like a like a challenge for everyone, or it shouldn't be a competition, and it should actually be something. Or whatever you're doing, it should be something that you're doing for yourself and only for yourself. Um, whether it's gonna work in your favor or not, always remind yourself that at the end of the day, it's really, really okay if you just detach detox um, stay away from a lot of people and as a person that is very very social and that is very out there in a normal life I felt like I really needed this time to actually think and dig deep into my thoughts and my body and give it a chance to relax a bit I guess that's it from my side and yeah, sorry for the extremely long voice notes.